Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's CFL Podcast, episode 487. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're going to talk some football tonight. We're going to talk all sorts of football. Um, big news, big news in there. Riders are cheating again. Oh, fuck, who is surprised? Buddy. Well, Rider fans are, as Mark pointed out in the air. Uh, riders are in denial. The Riders weren't cheating. Oh, fuck off. Okay, uh, anyway, um, we're going to talk about a bunch of things. The Owls, the S, the Elks, the Owls, Aluminium, uh, the Owls again, and some Winnipeg wannabe run back or something. Anyhow, uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of things, and uh, we'll see what's going on. So uh, what's interesting and wonderful in your world? I'm uh, in the interior of British Columbia, which is pretty much on fire. Welcome to uh, pretty black outside. It's dark. It's a big red sky. Uh, there may be a sun up there. I'm not sure. It's just covered in smoke. And uh, there, everywhere around us is on fire. Well, it's pretty nice here. We're okay. Uh, not worried. Well, concerned. Not worried. Uh, anyhow, so uh, yeah, everything's good for me. So I'm going to open up the mics here and we'll talk to the boys and see what happens. And uh, William, welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, and how are you tonight? I am fine. And I and I actually looked at Charles' agenda, and there's something that's not on Charles' agenda that I can talk about. And thanks to Mark Weddall, a couple of weeks ago, he enticed me back into the CFL page so I could make a comment about Darian Durant being called to the Hall of Fame. Let what? me tell you. I, no, are no, you shitting no, no, me? People, no, 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 no. People are suggesting that he is a Hall of Famer, okay? Oh, okay. And yeah. I had to climb back in because I had to make a comment on that, okay? I didn't and, see that. Oh, my Lord. It was, it was, it was special. But... Believe it or not, the majority of people did not agree that he that they they all agreed that he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, which which makes me think that people aren't as stupid as I thought they were. So, but that's why I went back into it. I'm thinking about ducking out again, but we'll see what happens. So, where is this post? This is in Let's Talk CFL. I do believe so. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mark. I can't remember. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it was Let's Talk CFL. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because I was surprised you were on there. Yeah, that's what I came back in for, because I couldn't believe someone actually suggested that. So. Yeah, that's that's, that's pretty dumb. and And since the COVID fights are over for a while... I needed to fight about something, so that's probably why I did it. COVID fights aren't over. <laughs> why would you well, say they that are, they are? Sir. You're well, not in Winnipeg. I'm just not participating these days. Oh, that's okay. all, because 
I'm I'm sick and tired of people talking about stuff they don't know anything about. So that's all. Well, even people who think they know was, everything about it, they're, 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 it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. That would include my buddy Stephen Sparksman, who's fastly not becoming one of my buddies, okay? So I mentioned that to you. Anyways, hang on, um, hang on. I found, I found an article about Darian Durant being elite, but it's from 2017. But I was just scrolling through, and there's some, some comments from me. Yeah, so not the right one, I don't think. Yeah, no, I can't remember I think if it was still. a whole article or it was a fan-driven one. I can't remember for sure. Hmm. Yeah, I, Probably fan-driven because the guy, the, a serious journalist, wouldn't want to get laughed at. That's a true story. Well, maybe. Could be three donations, that. though. They don't care if they get laughed at. Well, well then there was some post about how about Winnipeg going to be win the Grey Cup? But I had something to say about that, too. So people are so fucking delusional these days. It's not funny. you got to stay on the page, well, because the season's about to start, and then it becomes like the Wild West. Yeah, I know, but it just it just annoys me that there's people like that out there. I mean, so yeah, I can understand that. I, I was going to say, if Gary and Durant gets to the Hall of Fame, then I guess Marcus Crandall is a fucking shoe-in. Okay. Well, I don't see why Marcus Crandall's not in there. Which is exactly it. what I said. He did win a great job. Marcus Crandall right. gets ahead of him. That's what drove me back in there. That's it. Marcus has got to be. And his numbers will be well, probably, if you look at them, the numbers between Crand- Marcus Crandall and Darian Durant are probably fairly comparable, to be honest. They both yeah, won a great cup. One, one great cup each. There you go. Yeah. No, I think Durant has. Oh, Durant played longer. Yeah, but was no, Durant, Durant the backup two... behind Kerry Joseph? Yeah. Kerry Joseph won. Yes, he was. Up. Yes, he was. Yes, he yeah, was. he, he was. actually has two. He has two rings, although he's a bench yeah. game. One of the backups, so. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk football, or how, is that what we're doing? Kind, kind of, kind of. Um, Paxton Lynch, you heard this guy? Who? Exactly. Good. There you go. Paxton yeah. Lynch is the ninth former NFL first-round draft pick quarterback to come to the CFL in the last 50 years. None. I mean, none of the eight previous ones, had even a shred of success. Nope. So who who brought this guy in? Saskatchewan, of course. Oh, okay. Uh, Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. He couldn't cut it in the NFL either, even though he was a first-round pick. So, nobody's surprised by that. Okay, the CFLPA is hot after the Rogers Achilles incident occurs in an alleged team-led workout that should not have happened. Who is to blame for this? Okay, so let, here's the story. 
Training camp opens on what? Was it Sunday? Saturday. Yeah. Well, it's weird because training camp kind of opened uh, Saturday for some and then Sunday for the rest. Okay. So Friday, Friday, the riders have a team practice, so to speak, or a workout or do some drills in an organized manner. And four starters, including Larry Dean, get torn or ruptured Achilles tendons. They're, they're, they're out. They're, they're, they're out. They're done. This is, this is total mayhem. Okay. So this is illegal. You're not allowed to have organized events before training camp starts. It's not allowed, especially with, with the new COVID. Because usually we have a week prior, we have the rookies, the quarterbacks, or possibly the, the receivers show up, and they can do some light drills and everything prior to training camp actually happening. That's been happening because of the COVID. And COVID said they weren't allowed to start training camp until Saturday, and riders started it on Friday. Now, seriously, who's surprised by this? I don't remember a year. I honestly don't remember a year when the Riders organization does not get fined for doing something illegal. Okay? Whether it's over the salary cap, storing players in uh, unauthorized buildings. Um, it, 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 the list is, is long. It's huge. I mean, at one time, I think they got four fines in one weekend under Chris Jones. So it, it, this, the organization is morally and ethically bankrupt and it's been for decades, okay? I think they can do whatever they want, whenever they want, regardless of the consequences. They'll just pay fine because why? They sell their T-shirts than anybody else. So they have this plethora of capital that they can just throw around in abundancement while they try to acquire a uh, competitive advantage over the other teams. Which hasn't seemed to work since they haven't won a Grey Cup since 2012, 2013. So I, I don't understand. I don't understand what they're doing. Who's to blame for this? There's only one person I would throw blame at on this, and that's Craig Reynolds. He's the one that runs the organization. He's the one that authorizes everything. He egotistical maniac that is controlled that cluster of an organization. Um, yeah, Craig Reynolds is to blame on this one. That's my opinion on it. Who's Craig Reynolds? Craig Reynolds is the president of the Riders. Oh, okay. He, he's the one that got um, um, Rogerson fired. Right. Right. Craig Reynolds was caught boinking his secretary something like that and uh, said on live radio when he thought the mic was muted all hell broke loose mm-hmm. and Rod, Rod got fired uh, anyhow I probably shouldn't have said too bad uh, you know what I introduced one to the show but I didn't introduce Charles or Mark but we all just started talking, so... We all just I also, 
Yeah, we all we also have Charles and Mark, and they're here. How you guys doing? Hello. Good. Okay. Charles, talk to me about this rider. What do you think? Why is it always the rider? I mean, you would think in a nine-team league that people, when you hear about teams getting fined, it would bounce around a little bit, that it would be one team this time, one team this time. It's not. It always seems to be Saskatchewan that's trying to bend the rules and get nailed for it. Uh, they had the big house, remember, where they were had like 60 players living in it. And this is just another example. I mean, yeah, they pay the fine because they, like you said, they pay, they sell a lot of T-shirts. But I mean, it, this is just stupidity. They're now putting their season in jeopardy before it starts, um, just to get what one or two ga- days jump on everybody else. It's stupid. And I know people are saying, oh, there were no coaches there. This really wasn't a team thing. These were the players. Uh, kind of doing this on their own. Come on. They're using the team facilities. They're using the stadium. They're all there because of the training camp. Don't try and pass this off like this was just the players doing this, going into business for themselves. The team obviously knew these guys were there and they were going to be working out. So it's ridiculous to try and pass this off saying, oh, it wasn't a team thing. Don't blame the team. That doesn't fly. I'm sorry. It doesn't work like that. This well, was quite did, clearly a team thing. Charles, Sorry, go Charles, did, yeah. I, I thought the team had taken full responsibility for this and said that they will accept any consequences that the league throws at them. They did. I'm more talking about the Saskatchewan fans online that have been oh, trying okay. to back, trying to distance okay. them. Not the actual team. The team got caught. They know they got caught. And they're basically, well, they have to take it because what else are they going to do? I'm just talking about some of the people I've been seeing online saying, oh, it wasn't okay. really a team thing. It was nonsense. Baloney. Okay. They no, got caught. Man, I, Sorry, that's your fault. Yeah. Well, it, it's just the Riders fans sticking for their team regardless of the consequences. And that's why I basically said the moral, the, the organization is moral and ethically bankrupt because the organization does whatever they want and the fans uh, applaud it. Yeah. You know, I'll yeah, take the so We'll put up a, a, a GoFundMe page for Chris Jones's fines, and you know, like seriously, come on, get with the program here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I've opened your mic back up. I've muted you. You're making a whole lot of grunty noises. Um, what do you think about the rider? That wasn't that wasn't me, but anyways, um, I know what their punishment should be. They they shouldn't Each let the, those four players. They shouldn't let those four players play this year. Oh, wait a minute. They've all got They're perfect not going. tendons. They're not going to. No. No. I, so, actually, maybe they should forfeit their franchise. Right. I, I, I think that's a just penalty. Is that a little, a little excessive? What? Forfeiting franchise. Yeah, that's a little excessive. Sorry. But seriously, what would we do without the riders? Don't we have too much fun picking on them? Well, we have to pick on Winnipeg. We'll have to pick on Winnipeg. They're another clusterfuck right? of a team. Yeah, and we're going to well, talk well, about that a little of, bit. Let, let's talk about Winnipeg for a second. I was listening to the Waggle today, and they were reviewing Saskatchewan and and Winnipeg and what their chances are this year. 
And the guy from Winnipeg that was talking said the biggest the biggest problem from Winnipeg is they lost Medlock for the season because he's not playing anymore. And he was yeah. the biggest reason they won and he was the biggest reason they won in two thousand and nineteen. You're telling me a kicker made it and helped you win the Grey Cup? Are you fucking kidding me? So I turned it off right then and there because I don't want to hear anything about kickers. So there you go. Well, well, there might be some yeah. truth to that if the Winnipeg Blue Bombers do not win the Grey Cup this year. Well, that's what they'll blame it on because we didn't have a kicker. And I personally yeah. think it's because you don't have Strebler, you don't have Paul LaPolice, you might not have Matt, Matt Calaris, uh, and there could be a whole You, you might not have Andrew Harris. Andrew Harris is injured because he took too many PEDs over the off season, and now yeah. he's hurt. So I don't know. We're going to talk about him, but it's kind of funny. Okay. okay. Mark, the silent one over there. What do you think of the Riders' Achilles tendon in- incident for well, this? obviously you blame the team, but you blame them for not finding the gray area properly. Technically, it's not a, they feel it's not a team ran uh, drill was because there was no coaches. There was a trainer. So they're looking at the semantics of it, saying that they look at trainers as medical staff which is just a whole lot of spin for we got caught, sorry, fine us. I doubt they'll even get a fine, which will just piss off off the CFLPA even more. Yeah, well, I I think the CFLPA should be allowed to fine them. Well, they're after them right now, so who knows. It'll be interesting to see if the CFLPA can actually win something against the league because that'll be like a first. Well, this isn't really against the league, though, is it? Uh, Well, it's against Saskatchewan, but they're a member of the league. So they go to the CFL when they do their talk. You you would think Randy Ambrosio would be tossing them under the bus. You would assume Ambrosio being an ex-player would be really pissed about this, but he's just going to do what the nine teams tell him to do anyway. As commissioner, he's got to be diplomatic. Well, what, Why would he start now? Do anything. They're just talking heads anyway. Mm-hmm. That's actually the, the the word I was thinking. I was. Never mind. Yeah. 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 They got caught. I don't know why they would think three days early would give them this massive advantage, but whatever. Well, it wasn't three days early. It was only a day. You couldn't wait <laughs> no, 24 hours? Days. No, I think this happened a couple days, like Wednesday, Thursday last week. It didn't happen like Thursday last week? I thought it was Friday. I thought it was Friday. Maybe. Uh, whatever maybe I'm wrong. Was. Maybe, it, maybe it was. I, I thought it was like it was one stupid, day prior to... One day prior to the start, lost three of four of their starters. It was just, it was absolutely ridiculous. The big thing here is the money. 
Dean and Bishop are going to probably get paid their contracts. Yep. The two rookies, the two rookies, they'll get well, released. They yeah. Yeah, they're done. They won't get released the they get after. Released. They'll get they'll get paid until they're healthy. Until they're cleared to play football, they get paid. Do you get paid when you're a CFL free agent um, tryout, basically? Ooh, ooh. What do you, really, no, what do you mean? That's a really good question. This, and the USPA is after the riders to make sure they get them some money or some medical stuff. Because this is where the riders can really fuck them over. They'll pay the vets and kick out the rookies. Yeah, that might be what they do. You may be right about that. That's a good point. You imagine they don't, you imagine they don't pay Larry Dean? Oh, no, they have to or pay Larry Bishop? Dean. They don't pay these guys? It, no. Ooh. They have to. They have to. That's that's a contract. They got a contract. But it's not a sanctioned. It's an off-season, non-sanctioned workout, according to the riders. That's how they they could have gotten out of it, and that's how they get out of it for the rookies. Uh, so the CFL is going to CFLPA is making sure that these two kids that their seasons are done already get something out of it. They have to. I mean, how many people were in this drill? I think. Did, does anybody know anything about the drill itself? Throw a medicine I mean, throw... ball up in the air, and then you yeah. run. Yeah. The, you run while it's in the air. Right, and you try to catch it, or you just run to a certain spot. Doesn't matter. How many people so were you in race this to drill? I don't know if it says exactly. I thought there was like four or six or something like that. I don't know the exact number. Okay, so if six keep running this drill, after the first one went down, you'd go, oh, shit. After the second one went down, you'd go, fuck, I ain't doing this. But no, third and fourth person goes down doing the same shit? Are you telling me that these football players are that stupid? Seriously, has anybody thought about this? I mean, you know, you open a door and you fall down three stories because, you know, the, that part of the building is missing. Okay, the first guy goes out. Maybe the second guy goes out. But with the third guy, what would you do if you opened that door and looked out and there was nothing there? You're just going to go, oh, okay, yeah, I'm supposed to go and take that jump, that step? No. If, if this drill is being done with six or seven people, and four of them go down with the same injury. And I've wrecked my Achilles. It is excruciating painful. Well, the first guy goes down rolling around holding his ankle. You really got to question the sanity of what you're doing. When the second person goes down, you flat out refuse to do any, go any further. No, we lost yeah, when the first guy goes that. Yeah, when the first guy goes down, that should have been the end of the drill, period. But, but okay, that's a fluke injury, okay? So let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let, we'll keep going, drag him off, and put him on the sidelines for now, and let him wail and cry and whine. And we'll keep going with the drill because, you know, that's just, you know, that's injury to lose. But when the second guy goes down, it, it's over. 
where's the if this training staff is on site there like they say they are there I would fire them all. Yeah. No kidding. Especially if Larry Dean was like the third fourth guy to get hurt, not the first. You put you put this guy at risk? Come on, seriously. Is anybody else not seeing the the irony here or the, the stupidity? Oh. I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, you you don't do stupid shit like this. One guy goes down, okay, I understand it. You know, it's football, shit happens. Second guy goes down, same injury? Ah, I'm not doing that. That's dumb. If I'm the players, I'm saying, sorry, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. Who hasn't talked on this? Charles? Will? Will hasn't, I don't think. I thought Will did was first. Yeah, I already did. Yeah, okay. Okay, let's move on from the the writer's stupidity because that's – I don't know what to say, but it's Craig Reynolds that needs to stand up and take responsibility for this and say, yeah, we did this, and uh, shit, man, here's the check. Okay, next on the agenda, Buck Pierce. Buck Pierce is what, the – Offensive coordinator of the Winnipeg Bombers, is that correct? He stepped up into that position after Paul Apolise left? Correct. Buck Pierce wants the Bombers to be the grittiest team in the league. Do they have the right personnel for that? So, grittiest, does that mean that you want biggest shots? You know, I think that Hamilton's got pretty much a wrap on that one, don't they? Well, I was going to say, does anyone find the fact that Buck Pierce is the one making this statement a little bit ironic? Well, well, you mean as in he's been the receiving end of some really gritty hits, or he's he uh, himself yeah. was a pretty gritty player. He was, I mean, he's. A, I'll tell you, that man could take a hit. Unfortunately, he took too many of them. Yeah, it's true. Some of us, a lot of us have. Mark, your team, what is, does, getting into details, do the Bombers have the personality, person, personnel in place right now to be the grittiest team in the CFL? Because I heard Simone Lawrence is a free agent. Yeah, well, uh, they're, they're talking specifically on offense. Um, considering they have the exact same offensive line, as Great Cup. They've uh, got basically the same receivers. It's almost the exact same offense, which was a pretty gritty offense when it was a running offense all the time. He wants them to be really gritty. He wants to run the ball, pound it. So what's different? That's been the Bombers' offensive philosophy since Harris came there. So it's really they don't, still they don't have a quarterback? Yeah, when you don't have a quarterback, you have to, have to run the ball. That's what's well, they do have a quarterback. Was that clear? They do have a quarterback now. Yes. It's a well, matter of keeping them upright. Well, that's it. How do you keep a quarterback upright? You run the ball. Yep. 
You put him in the so box and pass the ball, he's going to get it's going to be the exact same offense as 2019. I'm okay with that. But with a better quarterback, it's the last like the the last four games offense. Yeah. Minus minus Paul LaPolice, of course. Yeah, but the, the the next guy up is the guy who learned from him. You're so, assuming, of course, think, that Buck Pierce is capable of learning. Well, he's not Paul LaPolice, who's been in the league for two no. years. So it's so. minus the trick plays. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, the, trick, the trick plays are gone because you don't have Chris Trevler either. Razzle dazzle. But we had the Zach Laros, who in that last regular season game against Calgary ran around like a chicken with his head cut off and threw a 40-yard dart into the end zone, which Matt Nichols was never going to throw. So it's a two totally different offenses. Well, of course it is. And, and, and if anybody's listened to this podcast for any length of time, I've always said that uh, Zach Caleros is probably one of the most talented quarterbacks in the CFL. He's in the top three without question, if not being the number one quarterback in the CFL. The fact that he hasn't played an entire season in his life is, is it has to say something. So we'll see. He hasn't completed the season of football in his no, entire no, career in the CFL. That's so, the big question mark. A very inexperienced backup. But as far as the great part of it is, it's just going to be the same offense. Run the ball. Exact same offensive running. Run the ball. Right. But Andrew Harris is, is injured at this point in time. Do we know what the injury is? Uh, he's not no practicing. They said that he's going to keep him off the field for two weeks, which is pretty much all training yeah. camp. So he is not going to have any training camp at all. Yeah, but and I have any issues with that. You have no issues with that. Been doing it. He's doing it long enough. Okay. He's been doing it long enough. He doesn't need it. Everybody needs it, William. I'm sorry. When you've been off for a year and a half. But hold on. My thing thing is, and I keep on bringing up they don't have Chris Strebler, because he was the quarterback who ran the ball. Do you think Zach Polaris is going to run the ball like like Chris Strebler? Not going to happen. Which will be ten seconds. Okay, so so that that takes the dimension away from their offense, and I don't know. And that was the big dimension. Everybody's downplaying that. That was the big dimension that made them different last year. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. It will be interesting now. Further on to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, we have Andrew Harris. Charles, did you want to add anything to this? Are you good? I mean, I'm pretty good. I mean, uh, gritty players and so on. I mean, we know Andrew Harris can be a gritty running back. But, I mean, let's see. Uh, I, it concerns me that uh, Andrew Harris, after being off a year and a half, is going to miss a large portion of training camp. All of it. But, uh, well, yeah, well, pretty much, yeah. So, uh, But, no, I'm pretty much good on this one because it makes sense. Okay, 
Andrew Harris looking to become the fourth running back in pro football history, pro football history, not CFL history, to rush for 1,000 yards at the age of 34. Does he have that ability? Well, he's been up on steroids for a year and a half. And of course he can. He looks like the Incredible Hulk right now. Finally got himself cleaned up and then gets hurt. And, and he does have a good offensive line. So yeah. it's possible. Absolutely. It's, it's very possible. But, you know, you, Winnipeg offense is so one-dimensional. All you have to do is, is, is key up on, on Andrew Harris, and, and the rest of the thing is going to go for a clusterfuck. Take out Andrew Harris and blitz the quarterback. Oh, my God. You've just beat them. Yes, please, because no, you won't. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the Bombers have a real young kid uh, running back. He was there in 2019, but he broke his ankle on training camp. Uh, Brady Oliveira, this kid's going to be good. And so, hey, see ya. Can save him, yeah, about, he ha- what, $50,000? But I don't I understand your point. I, I'm saying if Andrew Harris is on the ball, on the field as a running back, and you key up on him, and you take him out of the play, then they have to rely on on Caleros, and you just rush the quarterback on that one. How is this punk kid that's sitting on the bench going to help that situation? Because he'll be on the field, because I don't think Harris is injured. I think he came in out of shape. You don't think he's injured? No, I think he came in out of shape. It's possible. They're not. They're really not making any comments about it. No, it you just, started you, as you're telling me fat slob. It started as he left Pratt early, and this wasn't as of O'Shea. This was as Bob Irving. I guess he got it from O'Shea or whatever, but um, that he had to leave early for an appointment, no big deal. And then it became. He's not practicing the rest of the season. I think he came in out of shape. But wouldn't you I want him in the practice the and get him into shape? That I think they've no got sense, him on Mark. the sidelines and in the weight room. Hmm. I think they might have him in the weight room. I'm not sure. And we can't go and watch. So it's only what the media is telling us, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that one. Because I've got a bunch of tinfoil hats over here, if you want to borrow one. What can I say? I want, it's time to move on from him. He won us a great cup. Okay, now go away and save us some money. Hmm. Yeah, wow. he is like 34. Running backs over 34 do not typically fare very well. Well, well there's only four in all of history, and all 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 leagues have rushed for a thousand yards. Only four. No, <laughs> no, only three. He's going to become three, the fourth. Three. He, he wants to become the fourth. Yeah. Who who would the so, four be? Did you look at the article? It doesn't say in the article. No, I didn't. I. I skimmed through the article. I couldn't find it either. Franco Harris. No. Okay. Marcus Allen. 
possibly. Marcus Allen, possibly, yeah. He could be right there. Okay. Coming down the list. Alouette's owner, Gary Stern, one of Alouette's owners, Gary Stern, believes the CFL will adopt a revenue-sharing program by the end of season. Is he delusional or legit? I'm shocked and amazed that there isn't already a revenue-sharing system in place right now. Because really, who makes the most money out of the league? Out of all of the league, who makes the most money? Probably Saskatchewan. Okay, number two. Edmonton. Number three. Winnipeg. There you go. Your three community teams. Yep. Okay. Without question, I have no doubt that they're the most profitable teams in the league. So, how many teams are there in the league? Nine. Nine? This is not a trick question. Okay. Half of nine is four and a half. Okay. 4.5. No, I didn't need it. Okay. Okay. So four and a half votes wins a majority. Five votes win a majority. If there's nine teams and three don't want to do it because they make too much money, they're outvoted by the other six. Okay. I am shocked and amazed that we not have revenue sharing already and it hasn't been in place for years. Do I uh, doubt that it's going to happen? No, because obviously if he said it, then things are happening with it. it, it's, it you don't come public with a, a statement like this unless it's been talked about, battered around, and it's got some momentum. This, this, this idea has legs. Cause you, you don't just pull shit out of your ass when you're a team owner saying that, oh, this is what I would like to do. Yeah, let's, let, let's make it sound like it's going to happen. Okay. Gary Stern has some legitimacy in his statement here. How weird would it be, though, to have community-owned teams propping, propping up privately-owned teams? That's just kind of bizarre when you think about it. But that's pretty much how it would be. So, I mean, it's weird, but uh, weird to think of it. You're going to have the Saskatchewan Rough Riders giving money to MLSE. Think about that for a second. How bizarre that is. But that's how it goes. Um, I think it would be good. I think it's actually helpful for the league. I I think revenue sharing should be part of any league because I think it – uh, it just you work as a committee. I know the teams that make the most money. I'm sure teams like Edmonton and Winnipeg and Saskatchewan, they probably want nothing to do with it. But like you said, uh, it takes five votes as a majority, and if they vote that in, they, it doesn't matter what they want to do. They're going to get it regardless. So I just think it's kind of crazy to think that a community-owned team is going to be giving money to MLSE, one of the – richest corporation sports corporations in Canada. But it is how it is. But um so yeah, I think it's an interesting idea and I think it's something that should be implemented, to be perfectly honest. I mean, this would have helped Saskatchewan way back when instead of having telethons, right? I mean, it would have helped 
helped the Lions. It would have helped the Argos. It would have helped the Owls. It would have helped the Renegades, Rough Riders. It would have helped a lot of teams. In fact, I don't think there's a team in this league that hasn't had um, some type of financial difficulty at some point in time, with the exception of the Red Blacks. That comes with a caveat, though. What? Because they're for the Red Blacks, because they had a team there before that folded. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I guess they the and Renegades. You know, I did mention both and of the those Renegades. teams. And the and as being a taxpayer in Winnipeg, some of my taxes would be propping up teams. Okay, cool. But if said teams are, you know, we suck. I don't want to lose any more money, so let's start dumping players. So if teams are purposely sucking and my tax dollars going to that, I have an issue with that. And I could see Ottawa doing that. Well, Ottawa, Marcel Desjardins, he sat on the couch the other day, and he said that Ottawa is going to be one of the most competitive teams in the league this year. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So please please do not go out there and say that they're dumping players, because it's impossible for the general manager to sit there and say that he is going to be one of the most competitive teams in the league if he doesn't have any players. It would be I'd like to make up stories sometimes too. Yeah, well, the the players aren't leaving the team; they're all retiring. So, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. So, you know, I I guess I don't have an issue with it. Charles does bring up an interesting point where Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, and Edmonton are giving money to MLS billionaires. Billionaires. Well, uh, possibly Gary giving Stern money is, to both young. Gary Stern in Montreal is a billionaire. So Bob taxpayers are propping up billionaire. Taxpayers are propping up major corporations. It just—it's typical CFL because it just sounds so stupid. <laughs> it literally <laughs> the only city in the league where the small market teams are propping up the teams in major markets. It's ridiculous. Oh. I'm enjoying it. Uh, Will? Yes. Subject. You know what? It's too absurd. Do you agree with Revenue Sharing? Well, it's too absurd for me to comment. When when you're talking about community owned teams boosting the uh, the Bob, what's his name, of Hamilton, okay, with Revenue Sharing? Bob Young. Really? Come on. Bob Young. Come on. Really? Well, you're assuming that Hamilton. Since not making money or needs to be revenue shared, I think they would actually probably be putting something into the pot, even if it was just a little bit. I think Hamilton's actually making money over there, so uh, that's not really a, a fair statement. On Don't pick on Bob Young. You can pick up the, the pick on the guy named I, Gary. I think, who made this ridiculous comment. You know, you know what? You know how I think we should we should get money for all these CFL teams every year. I think we should have a. Oh, what's them call it online? What do you call it? When you get people money? You got a GoFundMe page. A GoFundMe page for the CFL. Every year. Fun. There's enough fans. There's enough oh. fans that we'd probably raise some money. That was brought go. up two or three times last year, and I believe a couple of fans actually set up CFL GoFundMe pages. 
Is that right? So yeah, I, sure. I saw a couple and none of them drew anything. Well, I don't know. Mark just cut everything he said. Let's go. Okay. Um, he's gone. Did we lose him completely? Mm-hmm. Or do I have to go look? Do I have to look to see if he's there? No, he's still there. Not, not saying anything interesting. I'm here. Uh, he's here. Anything interesting happening here on the CFL page? No. This is a wagon. Okay. Um, but you didn't answer the question, uh, Will. Do you believe that revenue sharing is a good idea? Yes, I do. I do. Why not? So what's the difference? What's the difference between revenue sharing and one person owning every team. Nothing. In theory, they're, not much. They're, they're the same, right? Yeah. Nothing. There's nothing. For all intents and purposes, yeah. Okay, so there's a lot of um, um, socialism studies that are done where uh, you go into a uh, university class. And most of the university students are, are, are left-wing commies anyhow. Um, and you, uh, you say that, okay, so this is how we're going to do this. This is an experiment on socialism. Uh, throughout this year, we're going to give everybody in the class the average mark. Okay? So the first goes off and like 10% of the students study their ass off, work real hard, get in the high 90s and you know the rest kind of come in the 80s, 70s. There's some people that don't do anything. There's a bunch of people that actually failed the course. So everybody in the entire class got a 75% mark because that was the average that was there. Now, these guys who just made 90, 95, 100% on their their exam go, fuck I work my ass off and only got 75. So I'm not going to quite work so hard on the next one. And well, everybody else just got, and then the guys that, that, that like studied like hell only got like 60%. Well, they, they go, well, fuck it. I don't have to study now and I'll get 75. So the next test goes by and everybody gets 50%. 50% is the average mark. And it does this. So they do this by the end of the semester. Everybody in the entire class has failed. Because nobody's doing any work. Now, this is an example of why they say socialism doesn't work. Now, it's a really stupid scenario, in my opinion, because that's not how socialism works. But that being said, it's how it would work in the league. Why would a team like the Argos or the Owls or the Ottawa Redblocks, why would they try to get better? If they just got money for losing, no matter what. It's the handout mentality, the welfare mentality doesn't work. Why should Saskatchewan market the shit out of everything that they do? Why should they put up posters and billboards and and do all this, sell T-shirts and everything else? 
if their profits are just going to get taken from them and given to Toronto, Montreal, BC, right? All of a sudden now, well, okay, well, we're not going to spend much on marketing. We're not going to spend much on doing it. Well, Toronto doesn't spend any money on marketing. Why should we, you know, why, why would we have a half a million dollar budget on marketing when Toronto has a $12 marketing budget? And then the revenues across the league start to drop and drop and drop and drop. And all of a sudden we don't have a league. Does this scenario hold any water with you? William? Well, we've never done it before, right? No. So what's the reason? What, what, okay, I, I don't know about revenue sharing. What's the reason behind doing revenue sharing? So everybody can be even? Is that what it is? So that the rich guys that own the, the shitty teams don't have to keep pulling money out of their pocket. Well, if the rich guys don't want to pull money out of their pockets, maybe they should sell the fucking teams to somebody who wants to. Right, but they also you also know that rich people don't do shit like that. Rich people try to make poor people do it. Okay. Right, but so so my thing is, if your if your team is not doing well financially. What yes. are you doing to make it better? Yes. Right? What are you doing uh, to make cr- it better? You, you know how what are doing to make it better? They're creating revenue sharing. Well, that's not making it better. Well, to them it is. Go out and market your fucking team and pretend it's a real fucking business and make some fucking profit rather than depending on other people to do it. So, And the thing with revenue sharing is I don't believe it's all revenue. I believe it's only a portion of the revenue. Okay, Charles, do we currently have revenue sharing? No. Then That's you can't say that. We don't know what, what they're going to share. Do. That's true. That's fair enough. We don't know. No, technically, technically there is. They've started revenue sharing the Grey Cup and Grey Cup Week. Yeah. So technically, they have started. Yeah, they have, and I don't doubt that. So I saw an interesting picture on Facebook the other day, and it was this picture of this massive mansion on the water with this billion-dollar yacht, powerboat right in front of it, and then everything else. Right. The next picture is redneck hillbilly type of person and the third picture is a bunch of like Mexicans working in the in, in the uh, fields right they're harvesting watermelon or something like this and the caption was this person is the billionaire has convinced this person the redneck that these people are stealing all his money Do you see the irony in that? Anyhow. You, you, you guys don't understand that one, right? You're, 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 you're believing the rich guy. Okay, moving on from revenue sharing. 
Solomon Aluminium is to remain retired despite the interest from multiple NFL teams. Any chance we will see him return? My opinion says that Solomon, Solly, whatever we wish to call him, has a permanent disability. He has nerve damage in his wrist that he broke, and he is in pain, and he, it challenges him to play football. Doesn't mean that he didn't do it when he was hurt, but just got to the point with why would he? Why would he come back? I believe we'll see Solly on the field again. Personal opinion. Charles, I've met Solly. He was a cool guy. I think there is a possibility that down the road, towards later the latter part of the season, if you see a team that had runs into injury trouble and could use a guy at a linebacker, that he might come in short term. He never I don't see him ever signing uh like for a full season. I could see him maybe coming in short term for like uh just for the stretch run, especially if you see a team that gets into, you know, injury problems. So you realize that this is uh he would have had no training camp and been off for at least two years and then jump out on the field and expect to play at a high caliber. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to come in and light the world on fire, and he's not going to – and maybe he doesn't come in, even if he signs someone, he doesn't come in right away. Maybe he waits a week or two, just practices. I'm not saying he's going to be a great player at that point, but I I just think that there's at least a possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It might not, but I, I, I think it's a possibility. Okay. Char- uh, I just said, Charles, uh, Mark. Winnipeg wants him on, the, on their team, don't they? Winnipeg wants him with Adam Big Hill. You know what? The, the, the fanboy part of me would love to see Team 100 back together on, in Winnipeg. But he's 34 years old. He's been off for a year and a half. Maybe he's healed up. I doubt it. More than a year I'm and a half. I'm going to assume he's making a decent salary in his new position. And he's probably saying to himself every day right now that training camp started, my body doesn't feel as bad as it would. I think we, I hope we've seen the last of him. I really do. And it, it's not a shot. It's, he went out still playing at close to the top of his game. I don't want to see him coming back 12 games into the season, 10 games into the season. And, he kind of lessens his reputation. I hate when guys come back and they're not as good and you know it. Just go out on a high when you're still good. I hope he's done. Yeah, uh, give me a second here. I honestly not convinced that Solly gets paid for his position. You think it's volunteer? Okay. My experience with the union, with unions, because my father was the president of a national union, um, it was a volunteer position. And so was, like, the, that's the president, vice president, 
vice president and, yeah, and all of those type of people, sports. right? What's this that? This is sports. I understand that. It's completely different. You just didn't let me finish. The executive director, a guy named Brian Ramsey, he is the one that runs the CFLPA. Solly is just a figurehead that goes in front of the camera. Okay? The executive director makes decisions. In sports, those figureheads get money. Only when there's sponsors involved. Not when the union. There are paid positions in a union. They are the executive director, uh, and, you know, different types of, of, of program managers and stuff like that that are paid positions. Usually, the board of directors, and I've been on many board of directors, um, not only for nonprofits, for 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 not a union. I was never in a union. Uh, my dad was. Um, None of these positions are ever paid positions. I've never seen one in a paid position. But the executive director, Brian Ramsey, is probably bringing down a good six-figure salary. You know, I I don't know. I I would not expect – if it was a paid position – I would believe that it would cover his expenses and a little bit yeah, a stipends after that. Nothing more. I, I would not believe that he is making more money than he would as a player. I, I just doubt it. It'd be interesting to find out. But of course, you can't find anything out of the CFL. No, no. Personally, I think he's just the guy that they stick in front of the camera, and he's just well-liked and everything else, and, and I, he makes no real decisions. What they do is they, uh, they, they hire the executive director, they, the, the, right? The board of directors hires the executive director to run the, the, the PA, and that's Brian Ramsey. Brian Ramsey gets paid a wage. I don't think the, the CFL union has a lot of money to pay a lot of people. I'd be really surprised. I'd be shocked. William, what's your history on this subject? Do you have any? Well, you know what? I, I hear I hear Saskatchewan is looking for a middle linebacker right now. Okay. And that Larry Dean is missing, is he? That was his team last year. And was it not? Yeah, Solly played for Saskatchewan last year. He right? looked stupid with that hat on his dreads. Right, but he also he also had eighty six tackles, which is which is not a bad season for any no. linebacker. No, except right? him. So, so he could very easily come out of retirement tomorrow. Would they pay him the money he'd want, though? That's the question, right? Because now, cause now they're in trouble because they got these players that are off and they got to pay them anyways. And, I mean, they did hire Larry Dean as a free agent, so what kind of money did they pay him? But, yeah, that, that would be a perfect fit for Sully. It would be Saskatchewan. But, obviously, obviously Saskatchewan knew that Sully wasn't coming back because they didn't try and uh, – they, they signed Larry Dean, right? So – 
But yeah, is he done? I don't think he's done, but should he be done? Maybe he should be done. I mean, you know what? You know who can you know who can use a middle linebacker right now? It's called it's called the Calgary Stampeders. Because Corey Greenwood is hurt, okay, before training camp, and he is their he's their penciled in starter, and he's another old fucker. So there you go. Could you imagine Solly in Calgary Red? Wow. Yeah. First time in his that's first not time in his life he got to do though. First time in his life he got to play for a real team. Wow, that'd be impressive. Yeah. I I could just see Huff. Hiring somebody out of retirement. <laughs> yeah, that's Come on, it's serious. It's serious. For some obscene amount of money, too, right? For some obscene amount of money, too. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, gonna yeah. yeah, he's going to go down to the States and he's going to find some young kid and pay him $55,000 a year and get him up there, and he's going to rip it up. Can you say uh, Alex Singleton? Um, yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on from Solomon Aluminium. Honestly, don't. And if it is, it's very little. Alice head coach Kahari Jones, confident star quarterback Vernon Adams Jr. will avoid the sophomore slump. Okay, is he really a sophomore, and will he continue his strong play? Well, first of all, I don't think he's a sophomore. I don't no. consider he had strong play. I don't see how he. you can say confident star quarterback Vernon Adams. How how do those words go together? That's like saying elite quarterback Gary and The Vag is not a star. Anyone? He's I'm just looking up here. He's definitely not a sophomore. He's 2016 is his first year with Montreal. Yeah. He's been in the league for five years. But he's been a starter. He's been a starter, too. He Mm -hmm. became a starter in 2018 with the the failed Manziel experiment. His career stats are 4,700 yards. His career is 4,700 yards? Doesn't Mike Riley Riley do that two-thirds of the way through his season? (laughs) <laughs> Go ahead, Charles. Well, the majority of his stats are from 2019, and to be fair, he does he did play fairly well in 2019. He passed for he only started 15 games uh, that year. He still passed for nearly 4,000 yards, 23 t- or 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. So those are decent uh, stats, especially when you consider it was only 14 games. And hey, what are we going to play this year? 14 games, so or actually with 15 games, so one one game more. But, I mean, I think he did have a decent year, but I'm going to be like him, like I'm going to be with Cody Fajardo. Let's see you do it for more than one year. To call him a, a star quarterback is a bit of a, a stretch. 
How, how do you get 15 games? In 2019, he started 15 games. Well, I thought you said 14 games. Sorry, I made a mistake. It's 15 games. Okay. And this so we actually we have played one more than what we're going to play this year. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. I thought you were trying to say that 15 games in a season. Well, that's not the information right. I have. No, it's 14. We're playing 14 games this year. And then playoffs. Correct. And I think everybody gets in the Correct. playoffs except Ottawa. Sorry, did I say that out loud? You did, yeah, but that's okay. So Kahari Jones thinks that this sophomore is is just going to rip it up. William, you're the only one that hasn't said anything. Well, I'm waiting till you guys all stop talking. So <laughs> we we um, it's pretty quiet. You know. The VAD did have a good year last year. But well, he didn't get hurt I, I, in 2020. Well, no, you know what I'm talking about. Um, he did get suspended for two games because what was, remember, some kind of fight or something, wasn't it? I, I he hit somebody with a helmet, if I remember correctly. Yeah, right. I can't remember. Anyways. I, I, I don't know if he's matured. Let's hope he's matured because I think last season or 2019 might go to his head a little bit. And he might come in here thinking he's a he is the guy. <laughs> Just like he thought he was the guy when he first came into the league, right? So, I mean, yeah. guys like him can hide that for a little while until they get some success, but then it's going to rear its ugly head again. So I don't know how he'll do. I mean, I think Montreal overall as a team, they're they're much weaker than they were in 2019 because they've lost some players. So, But they could be stronger in some spots. We don't know this yet. But, yeah, I think, I mean, the Vads will be, I think he'll be, in the pack with all the other quarterbacks, with the exception of Riley and Bo Levi. So there you go. Okay. Well, that's not much going on here. I think just Kahari is just—he's just being a head coach and and propping up his team and doing whatever he can. Okay, this one you is see, interesting, see, but I also. I also okay. wonder how much Machocha is going to fuck with this team, okay? okay? You don't like Danny, do you? It worked in 2019 because he wasn't there. And he's a bit of a control freak. And I guarantee you he wants to coach that team, too. Without without saying, okay? But... But if you're trying to tell us Kahari, the new yeah, but if they had got rid of Kahari Jones, there would have been there would have been a there would have been a huge mass exodus of players in Montreal. Okay, so but let let's see. I mean, Matosha is going to try and make this his team. I guarantee you, he already has by hiring all those French Canadian players. Okay, so. Let's see if he lets Kahari coach or not. It'll be interesting. It'll be mm-hmm. interesting. Because he does have a big ego, trust me. 
Yeah. Okay. Moving along. Where are we in this? Oh, we're 10 minutes into the second hour. We're almost finished our agenda. We do have some interesting clicks, though. Uh, Elks. The Elks. The Edmonton Eskimo team. What do they call it? Like, do you remember that? Have you thought about this one? Can, could, could they say the the team formerly known as the Eskimo? Is that what Prince did? One allowed to use that name. Mm-hmm. Formerly known as the Eskimos. That that football team in Edmonton uh, is providing free admission to all youth, 17 and under, to the Labor Day rematch with the Calgary Stampede. Should more teams employ this type of strategy to help bring back younger crowds? That's a Charles question, I'm sure. Yes, it is. Um, I, I think it's brilliant. Okay? I, I really do. Especially if uh, by Labor Day, which is, uh, what, a month and a half away? Yeah. Okay? Right? A month and a half away. Um we go from our season ticket base, basically a 50% wick, and we are supposed to be able to open up the stadiums to 100% capacity, and they're just going to fill it with kids that are, are football enthusiasts? How is this a bad thing? This is brilliant, Mark. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. More teams be doing it? We have spent over this and over this a couple of years. In, every once in a while, a team will do something for one game or do something wonderful for this, for, for kids. We're letting all kids under eight in for free. We're letting kids under 12 in for 17. I think that's pretty special. Uh, I don't know whether or not the 15 to 17 range is really going to show up too much this. Uh, yeah, how is this a bad thing? You? Where's the dead side? Edmonton's doing it. Why are the teams doing it? The other teams are, are sitting back, cackling at them? No, what's going on? I don't know. Who wants, who wants in on this? I can go on. Well, I asked a question. Okay, go ahead. Um, I know Winnipeg brings in kids from up north that would never have a chance to um, get to any kind of football game or anything like that down here. So if they have good grades, they bring them down here and they spend the night. They do do things with kids not on that size of a scale, but it's not a bad idea at all. It looks so much better. You know, could you imagine if BC did that and you had the entire Laura Bowl sold out? That would look awesome. It, it yeah. just it looks better on TV. It's a better marketing thing for the entire league. Right. With the smaller stadiums in the East, it's a lot harder to do. Yeah. They have a lot fewer t- uh, empty seats available. Well, Commonwealth yeah. Stadium holds 55,000 people. Uh, yeah. It, do you think Edmonton's feeling a pinch on name change? Do, do you think there is actually some ticket rolls going on up there? As so many people no, said there. But, 
your smaller teams, the, the smaller um, stadiums in the East, they don't have the capacity to do that. So. No, I understand. But, you know, Commonwealth Stadium is 55,000, 50,000 people somewhere yeah. in there, right? So, I mean, they do have yeah. the space to be able to do this. You can put them up in the bleeders. And, you know, with every that comes in, there has to be a paid adult. So, I mean, they are yeah. they are selling tickets. It's not like yeah. the kids are going to be roaming around the bowl. You know, they're, and they're also giving away 35,000. The Eskimos are also giving away 35,000 T-shirts at their home opener. Yep. Hmm. And they've all really said, marketing. too, that, um, that, younger, that the younger generation is the one that's getting away from them. So get yep. them in the building and expose them to the product. To okay. me, it makes sense. William? My economic friend? Yeah. Well, I'm here. Um, you know, we've talked about this numerous times about yeah. getting younger fans in, and I think that would be an ideal way. You know, I I don't. Here, here's here's a thought. I don't know of any CFL team that sells out every game now. Okay. None. None. I haven't no, seen it. I don't think there's any. I haven't seen it for a long time. So no. you know what? Why why don't you invite these kids to the games for the extra seats and give them to them for free, or five bucks or something? Right? It mm-hmm. fills up the stands. It fills up the stands. The 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 teams will probably make money on concessions because they're kids. They like to eat shit. And, you know, I mean, and it exposes them to the CFL. And and you never know. Out of, out of one of those kids, some year you could have the next commissioner of the CFL. So, I mean, my, my seven-year-old grandson. You mean like right away? So, 17, 18-year-old kid is going to take over the commissioner of the CFL? He does a better job. No, no. No, no. My seven-year-old grandson can do a better job than Randy Ambrosi. I guarantee you. Okay? They can just point him in the right direction. So, um, just saying, man. Just saying. Okay? But, no. It would promote the game, and that's what we should be doing. And there's not enough of that being done. Because, and I've never really put any thought into this, but let's face it. An empty seat is an empty seat. You're not going to make any money off of it. Why not? Why not give it away? You know what I mean? I do. And I'll, I've taken a lot of market courses throughout my, my years, and the one thing that's coming up is never give away something that you sell. You go and buy something and give it away. If they gave away three stations, it would be an promotion. Giving away something that you sell devalues your product. Yeah, I've heard a couple of people make that same same argument, but I'm not necessarily sure I buy it in this case. 
You know, it, it. I like the idea. I love the idea of kids getting into the stands. I love the idea of doing this. What is the long-term consequences to do this? Are there any? Is there long-term benefits to doing this? We all want to hope that there are long-term benefits that these kids are going to continue to become fans. Game may make them a fan, but but I don't know. Something that you sell. What's that? Give away something that you sell. You sell Uh, sell security alarms, right? Yes. Okay, so let's have a contest. Okay, let's have a contest. And you enter into the contest, and one of you gets a free alarm system per year. Set up, installation, all the hardware, all the pieces, right. monitoring, everything else. Okay? Is that a good yeah. promotion for you? It could be, depending on whether or not I could upsell the customer or sell additional stuff. Well, you know, you're selling everything that. that's got, right? You're selling them everything that's got. Give it away less, because why would you give away something less? Okay. Right. Uh, here's, the, here's why companies do what you I just talked Because you now the salesman gets all of these to have an alarm system because if they didn't if they already had an alarm system would they be setting up promotion, right? Content. So all mm-hmm. people need or want an alarm system and now you have this plethora of warm leads. Yeah. Okay. That's actually true. Uh, because years ago when I was working for a different company, we were working a trade show, and we were giving away a prize. I can't remember exactly what we were giving away, but to win the prize, you had to fill out like an, a form and put it in a box. So, But also on the box, we were asking information like, do you have an alarm system? Are you interested? So you had to check off, check off yes or no. So then at the end of the trade show the following week, we would take all of those sheets and we would call each and every one of those people because yeah. of the way of generating, um, generating you know, leads for yourself and getting uh, information for potential customers. Right. There are trade jobs involved in this, but the, the one thing that I have found in most of the marketing courses that I've, had, I've taken is never give away something that you sell. So if they did the same thing, but gave if, if your company now is Telus, right? Um, right. And their sponsor of the CFL, the Beastie Lions, they gave a, if if they gave away tickets to the Beastie Lions football game, right, for a contest, would those leads be as targeted? No, because they're football fans. Are, are entering this, they want to go to a football game, not they want to buy an alarm. They may already have an alarm. They may not, not need mm-hmm. an alarm. So now you as a salesman now have to weed through these stupid They're not quite as warm or as hot. Right? Right. There, there's a lot more footwork in there. So there's trade-offs to what my rule is that I just said. But Edmonton is just giving away something that they sell. They're not getting any leads out of it. How do we know that these people are going to 
watch the football game. They're there to play around. They're there to make noise. They're not going to do anything else, but have no interest in football. It's not very well targeted in my opinion. Now, if they had said that we are giving away 15,000 tickets to youth football, I'd be all over this. Absolutely all over this. That would be the best promotion that they possibly could do. It's a target market. People that are already excited about getting them into the game. Am I, am I trying to say what Edmund is doing is wrong? Because I'm not. I love the idea. I like it. It works for them. Is it the best way of doing it? Maybe not. But good on them for doing it. Good on them. Okay. It never hurts to try, and they're not doing it for every game. They're just doing it for the Labor Day good. rematch. So. I know. I, I personally, I Anybody else have anything to do with this? Anybody, any further insight in marketing? Are they doing a good job here? And I I know you say you shouldn't give something away for free that you can sell. But I also still believe that in some situations it makes sense. For example, say you give some 12-year-old kid a ticket. Okay, for free, and he gets to go to a football game for the first time in his life, and yep. you give away and you give away the bleeders. Okay, yeah, you never know. Maybe he, maybe he's gonna say to himself, "Man, you know what? I'd like to be down there close to the field to watch this game some other time." And maybe he makes that a goal in his life. Okay, to buy a better ticket. So there's all kinds of things that can be generated from it. Oh, it worked for me, right? I mean, I started off in the potato chip section of the BC Lions in the quarterback down at the north end zone, okay? I used to take the Nally chip bag down there, and I freaked if I had the Nally chip bag. didn't get a seat. I just got to hang around in the end zone. Uh, And I became a lifelong fan to the point where I run a podcast. Okay, you're 100% right. It works. But I have a question for mm-hmm. you, Will. How many buildings have you given away? None. None. But, but, See? But, Good rule of marketing. But, Don't give away something that you sell. Hold on, but I've given away parts of things to get them interested. I mean, I've I've built I've built I've built shitty little hay storages for hardly any profit whatsoever. And two years the later, people arena. have come back. They've come back to me and bought like a two million dollar riding arena. Yeah. So you know, there's there's you know, I'm not saying it's going to happen all the time either. Okay. No. Sometimes I do it and I make no money on the job and I get nothing out of it. But you still got to take that chance. Yeah. 
And something is better than I nothing. agree. Right. I, I, I'm not arguing with anything. I'm not saying any of this is a bad idea. I'm just playing devil's advocate and wasting some time on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> just trying to keep the discussion going, you know? Okay. The next segment, Rick Campbell, former Ottawa Red Black coach. He is not the head coach of the BC Lions. He's in training camp in Kamloops. Now, I don't know if you guys know what's going on in BC right now, especially with Kamloops. I, I, I dare you to go get the, uh, the BC Wildfire app for your phone. Install it and click it, and look at the page of what it looks like. It, 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 it's, it's scary. I mean, literally, BC is on fire. And Kamloops mm-hmm. uh, Cam- Cam- is the center of it all. Without question, Kamloops is the center. Uh, do, 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 do. Let's see what I can do here. I mean, Kamloops itself, inside the city limits, there was a fire the other night on, in, on Juniper Ridge. And uh, they had massive evacuations. They threw a lot of assets at it and put it out really fast. Uh, did you know that some peaks is on fire? They've evacuated a ski resort up there, uh, or some resort, or whatever you call it now. They billion-dollar houses up there and everything. The I did hear that. Okay. So, yeah. Rick Campbell is saying that, you know, Conditions are really good thus far, but wildfires remain a factor in BC Lions training camp. You go to Kamloops. My daughter was in today. I'm going in on Monday. Uh, literally, the sky is is red. The haze is so thick you can't see that. You can look at the sun. You can stare at the sun, and it doesn't bother you. Just because there's so much smoke in the air, and at night it's pitch black because there's no stars, no no, no lights coming from anywhere. And, uh, yeah, and it, it, it's a bad, bad situation for us right now in BC. And uh, Rick Campbell's got training camp right in the thick of things. Right in the thick of things. I don't know how this, this is not affecting training camp. This has to be affecting training camp. I'm sending you guys a picture right now of the map of BC. Christopher, can I ask you something about that, though? Sure, what? Why why are they still holding camp in Kamloops? I don't know. That was a Wally Buono thing, and it really pissed me off because I liked it when it was in uh, in. Why now? Why now? What do you mean by why now? They could have to evacuate tomorrow from fires. Why are – and the smoke in TRU, I think, is pretty much in a safe area, uh, although it's very close. But, yes – do you see the map? Do you see? Oh yeah, no, I've I, seen I, it. I just said it. it. It's it's huge, and look at Kamloops. Yeah. It's got multiple fires on it. I mean, there's one area right that's forty thousand hectares. It's out of control. It jumped it jumped the barrier on the on, uh, firefighters were in full re- retreat the other day. They didn't. I'm surprised they lived through it. I was actually kind of surprised that they didn't uh, change on the fly and end up just having the uh, 
you know, just uh, doing training camp down in Surrey or something like that because of all the fires up there. I'm just kind of surprised that that was the case. But uh, what you have to do, too, is that to to get accommodations and so on for that many people, uh, that short notice would have been extremely difficult. Well, of course. Um, Here I am clicking on this shit. So these all started just in the couple of days right just, before camp started is when it started to flare up. I, I don't think they would have had time to change anything. Probably not, no. Really, I don't think they would have had anything to change it. It would have been so close. I mean, you don't just pack up and, and change things like that. It, it's not quick. possible to be that quick. Wow. Um, do you remember the thing about Paxton Lynch that I told you guys about being the, the ninth former NFL first-rounder drafted quarterback come to the CFL past few years? Mm-hmm. And were successful? Here, here's the other eight, and see if you know any of them. One you will, I'm pretty sure. Tim Rosenbach, Vince Young, Smith, Josh Freeman, Todd Moranovic, Andre Ware, and Art Schlitz. Who the fuck are these guys? I know all of them. You know all, all of them. College quarter- they were all great college quarterbacks. First round, they had to have been good. Yes, yeah, they were, but they were busts in the NFL. I mean, Vince they Young were. was not a bust. He he had some productive years. Okay, but he um, was a bust in the NFL. Art Schleister had a draft or had a gambling problem. I even think did he, he ever? Time. I think he did federal time for gambling. <laughs> Todd Moranovich, well, Todd Moranovich is a, such a cool story in general, okay? Um, but he didn't do well in the CFL, and he had a drug and drinking problem, and in the NFL as well. So, yeah, these guys, I, I mean, you know what? Once again, we're, we're not, people don't give the CFL the benefit of the doubt. The CFL is a good football league. And just because you're a great college quarterback doesn't mean you're going to cut it here if you don't make it into the NFL. Okay? Different game completely. But come on. Of course he's not going to make it. And and some guys do. But, it's kind of fun. Most you know. of the really, really elite quarterbacks in the CFL were not elite quarterbacks in I, I, I don't mean that in them. a way that not, they didn't come from Pac-10 teams or they didn't come from, uh, you know, the, no. the Big Ten no. or anything like that. They're, they're all the Tier 2, Division 2 type of school. I'm not saying that they didn't just light it up, right? Every quarterback that's in the NFL was an amazing college quarterback in their own right. 
as they were a probably a high school quarterback in their own right. I mean, what right. what's you know everybody says Bo Levi Mitchell, all he's ever done is win, right? Was is high school, college, CFL, um, but wasn't a big name college quarterback. Played for Washington, Eastern Washington, didn't he? Yeah. So yeah. So did Miley. Mike Riley right. played for Eastern Probably Washington, played, wasn't it? Yeah, or Central Washington. Yeah. One of the two, but yeah, but they didn't come from big the the, the big schools you hear about the UFC, USC's and and Miami's and and Ohio State's and places like that. Pennsylvania. No, come from big schools. No. Yeah. So, and Christopher, you well, addressed Michael Riley wrong. It's Michael, that? not Mike. It's yeah, Michael, yeah. not Mike. I, I understand. I, I understand that it's Michael. And like I said on the post, as long as he doesn't want to be called Michelle, I'll be fine with it. <laughs> Ask him to be called uh, Michelle. I'm going to call, I'm just, gonna pull the plug. Why don't, why don't we just call him the guy who wears goofy fucking hats? That'll work. Yeah, that works for me, too. Because he's got some pretty goofy hats. But anyhow, yeah, BC on fire. It has to be affecting the training camp in Kamloops. Uh, I don't know whether it has to be. There's no just about it. You cannot. You can't run outside. We, we've really um, scaled back our training program horses because it's not fair to them to be out training and, and doing cardio in, uh, in, in the smoke. So how can we be doing this with fat guys? Somewhere. Okay. Moving along. We've got a couple oh. more. You look at the, uh, well, oh. Oh. Hey, Charles. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, if you look at some of the videos uh, from Lions training camp that have been posted online, and if you look at the background, it's just like a complete haze. You can't even really see the mountains because there's so oh. much smoke in the air. And uh, I'm just thinking to myself, I mean, to be running around and exerting yourself physically in that, I mean, it's got to be hard because you're like breathing in smoke as you you go along. So, I mean, I just, I, I, I can't imagine how this is going well for these guys. But, I mean, they're getting it done, but I mean... It's very much less than ideal situations. I mean, as much as they can, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on from Ramble. This is... <laughs> oh, God. Former CFL quarterback Damon Allen to join the Las Vegas Raiders. Coaching staff. Now, Damon Allen, if I remember correctly, a year or two or three back, um, made a statement that was, I'd like to be in upper management of a CFL team. Doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't want to start at the bottom, doesn't want to be a scout or anything else. He just wanted to stop at the top, start at the top and be a general manager of, of the CFL team. This man's ego is fucking monstrous. 
I have no use for this man as a player, and I have no use for this man in any type of position anywhere. I don't think he's smart enough to do this job. My personal opinion, I don't like him, and, and I, I've never hidden that. Did you like Superbacks in Beast Charles? Did I like Damon Allen? God, no. God, no. I'm sorry. Uh, he won the Lions the Grey Cup. I'm happy for that. I was never a fan. I never thought he was a good passing quarterback. Um, he was a master of the uh, five-yard in and so on, and uh, he was not a good downfield passer. He ran. He had a lot of yards rushing, but a lot of times that was uh, out of necessity because he wasn't great, I didn't think, at reading defenses. I also met him personally a couple times, and I'm sorry, I didn't like him as a person either. I'm, I, I met him a few times, and I was not a fan of his, uh, period. I'm sorry, I just did not like him. Not arrogant prick at all. He was uh, very much so. Yeah. And I've talked to other people that have met him that have the same opinion, just saying. And, no, I was not a huge fan of him when he was a quarterback with BC. Are you surprised that the Las Vegas Raiders have him on a coaching staff? And in what capacity? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Apparently, from what I was reading, and I think it discusses it in the, um, uh, in the article, one of the reasons he got this job was because of some sort of diversity um, program. But I don't know huh. the exact details of it. And, and so don't program Brett was in last year. And also What's that? don't forget his brother his brother was one of the greatest Raiders of all time. So Yes, that yeah. is true. Henry Burris was in the Henry Burris was in the exact same program last year, this diversity program. Yep. That's uh, right. And now Burris got a full time, got a coaching job out of it. Yeah, they kept him on. So this it's, is the uh, thing. It's exact I don't remember same thing. who. Yeah, no, it's Chicago the exact Bears, I believe. Yeah. 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 You know, he is still number four all-time passing in pro football. Yeah. Do you know why? he played same years, but... Yeah, because he was too stuck to retire. He played for like 20 years. Yeah, yeah. It's like Anthony Calvillo. Anthony Calvillo was not a great football player. He just played longer than, ten times longer than anybody else out there. If you actually go in and take his career yardage, and you divide it by the number of years he played, it's like barely over three thousand yards per season, which is not all that impressive. Sure, he's got a lot he's of yards, but he played forever. Yeah, he always yeah. was. He Even was a run-first quarterback that still like that. threw 72,000 yards. So, you know, it depends on how you look at it. I never had a hate on for him. He was bad by any means a favorite, but I never really had a hate on for him. Damon Allen, was a, he made his career throwing for five yards. Yes. 
Throwing for yeah. five yards, running for five yards. Throw for five yards, run for five yards. Throw for five yards, run for five yards. Never got t- first downs, never got touchdowns. It was it was absolutely disgusting. And why have a running back? God damn it, Allen. Why, why even pay for one? No, it, it was a – God, a fuck I, – I, I had a – threw a party when he got left B.C., when he was a quarterback, they had trouble drawing, even when they had a winning record. Why? Because they played boring football. Because there was all these five- and seven-yard passes, hardly ever throwing the ball downfield. And it, be, it was so predictable. Yeah. Well, bottom line is, I always ask the question, how much did he win? He won. A, he won three great. I think three great. No, he won two with Edmonton. He won one with BC and won one with Toronto. So he he won four great cups in twenty years. That that's pretty good. You know that. Uh, that's not bad. One every five and, years. And, How many does Bo so, have? So, uh, he's got uh, two. In in how long? Uh, 2014. He's been a starter. That's uh, seven years. Yeah. How many well, does not Riley have? Counting 2020. Mm-hmm. How many does Riley have? One. Well, he's got a he's got one or two. And Did he get one in BC behind Dickinson? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one, yeah one in BC and then uh, the Lule. Or 20, B, uh, Lule. 2011. Sorry. Okay, and how then, many uh, years? Allen's got. Yeah, but he's been on some seriously shitty teams. Yeah, but you know what? Sorry, and don't 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 get, take this the wrong way. I've always liked Damon Allen, but I've had interaction with Damon Allen online, and he's a fucking dick. Okay, let's face it. He's an arrogant. I'm no argument dick. here. Okay, and I hope you're listening because that's what I think of you, buddy. Anyways, but yeah, okay. So, but he was a good quarterback. I'm sorry. He he had a career for twenty years, man. He must have been, done something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not giving you that one. I'm not right yeah. up there with Marcus Crandall. Right up there with Marcus Crandall. Come on. I'm not I'm not gonna... Is Damon Allen Al- in the Hall of Fame? Uh, I think, yeah, I believe he uh, is. Yes, yes, not, he, is. Not yes he is. Yes, he is. Ago. Yep. Uh, yeah, he, he's, he's definitely in yeah, there. I think, yeah, I remember because I think he, I remember going to a game where they honored, the Lions honored him because he had been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Is this a cool list or what? Oh my God! What's that? Look at that. I have no respect for the the Hall of Fame. They've got Angelo Mosca in there. <laughs> he was a great wrestler. Come on. Yeah. And he played and you like know a what? wrestler when he played football too, taking the guy's knees. Winnipeg would be a really good team if they brought. Angelo Moss got a retirement. Did you see how he swung that cane? 
<laughs> that, that would be I great. didn't want to see him with Joe Cap again. <laughs> That's still one of the funniest videos I've ever seen. These two old no, men swinging canes at each other. No, no, no. Joe Cap don't have a cane. Okay, well, Moss had a cane and he, Joe Cap went up yeah. and drilled him in the chin. Yeah. Uh, he tried to ram the, uh, a flower down his throat. Uh, don't blame yeah. Angela Moscow for that. Joe uh, Cat was a And Angela a Moscow kick. falls off the stage. Fell off his chair. Yeah. No, it, 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 that was old grudge. Oh, it, 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 it's brilliant. Decked. It's funny as hell. and the Owls more in the past of Michael Souls. Now, Michael Souls a, uh, obviously an Alouette uh, player. I, I think he was a defensive player, wasn't he? No, he was a fullback. He played for the Alouettes and but he also played for... Um, my, my apologies. He was a, he was for a the fullback. And uh, he's been battling uh, ILS, Lou Gehrig's disease, for the last 15 years or so, and he lost the battle. Yeah. Uh, very sad. Uh, Randy Ambrosi actually uh, had some really nice things to say about him. and uh, not that I would be surprised by that, but uh, he seems like a, a really nice guy, and uh, it's, a, it, it's a sad loss when the, the CFL loses somebody like We lost somebody the, a couple weeks ago. That, that was the, um, the chef guy, Charles. Oh, the chef, yeah, um, Oh, what's his name? Um, yeah, we did I mention. Remember. I remember we did mention it on the show. It was. Um, we didn't talk about. Oh, why it. It can't I think like, of his name? Uh, do we know what happened? I've never heard it happen to him. They've never said anything. No, no, I didn't think so. Oh man, I can't remember. I can't remember his name, and I know who you're talking about too. Hmm. The souls had a pretty uh, come to me. John Highmaster Rice Reese. That's right. John Highmaster Reese, yeah. Yeah. Souls did have a good he played ten years with the most in the Alouettes from eighty nine to ninety nine. Yeah. And he opened up holes for Pringle. Yes he did. Yeah. Okay. So now let we're gonna get into another discussion. We've got about ten minutes left in the show. Uh, 11 minutes. The, the XFL uh, has suspended uh, operations or postponed the start operations until 2023. The CFL had been in discussions with them over a possible partnership, merger, uh, cooperation. There's never any word as to what that was actually going to happen, although there was rampant uh, speculation with no substance to it. And the majority of people out there actually believe that there was going to be a merger between these two leagues, which is almost laughable. Uh, possible, I guess. I'm not going to say it's out of the realm of possibilities. But there's a few things that, that there are looking at this. MLSE is um, trying to create an elite sports market in Toronto, so the Raptors, the Maple Leafs, 
the uh, uh, Blue Jays. Well, Blue Jays are actually owned by Rogers. But um, you know what I mean? And, and a whole bunch of other uh, organizations. The Argos seem to be the one skin sister that you can keep in the closet, right? And they don't know what to do with the Argos because they're not – they're not drawing fans. They're not marketable. They're not winning. They're not doing anything. Uh, so there's speculation that MSC really wants this uh, uh, union with XFL, and they were spearheading it. And this is dead. The new media speculation is that the Toronto programs are going to leave the CFL and join the XFL because the XFL won't have a team in Canada, at least one team in Canada, possibly two or three. The markets are BC, Toronto, Montreal, the three big markets. What, do you see any of this happening? Do you see Toronto are not leaving the CFL? If it happens, will the CFL put another team in Toronto, or will they just go, oh, fuck, what happened? Or is that the end of the CFL? Because we've been told long time ago that if Toronto or BC ever folded, stop whispering, ever folded, that the CFL would fail because they would lose their TV contracts. So if Toronto left the CFL, why would TSN continue putting money to the CFL for broadcast when their biggest market just left? sense to me. Is that the end of the CFL? Could this be the end of the CFL? Could BC go along with them? David Bra- if David Braley was alive, it would be over his dead body. But it is over his dead body because it's gone. So would this all of a sudden be something cool? Now, my question, I just found this out. XFL only is running from April to June. It's only a three-month season. How many games do they have? Ten. It, ten games. How is it even compared to the CFL? I understand. It, would revenue be that much greater? I mean, obviously the gate would be because you don't have as many games at home. Hmm. Anybody done any research on this? Uh, go ahead. Talk. Well, first off, I think this is a little bit of speculation, basically, on the media's part. I don't think anyone from MLSE or anyone connected with MLSE has said anything about actually joining the XFL. I think people are seeing, because it it was reported that the uh, MLSE was one of the catalysts behind these whole um, CFL-NFL talks, or CFL, excuse me, XFL talks. Yes. Correct. Uh, They were one of the catalysts, and they're saying, well, well, that didn't happen. Well, maybe the Argos and their ownership are just going to jump ship and head to the XFL. Again, I think this is kind of media playing this up, um, you know, to make a story. I just don't know if it's that easy to in the CFL to just, oh, well, we're going to take our team and we're going to go to the XFL. I'm not sure that's just that easy to do because I believe the Toronto Argonauts uh, being a uh, connected to the CFL, 
I don't think you just pull the team out and say, well, we're going this way. I'm not sure it works like that. Uh, there would be Why not? huge pushback from all the – well, because it's part of the CFL. I don't know if there's a – I mean, I guess they technically don't have a stake in it. But uh, I, I don't know. Why could they not and, say, okay, the Toronto Argonauts have ceased operations, and tomorrow we are starting the Toronto Tornadoes in the XFL? Okay, well, I guess they could do that. Here's the thing, though. They're saying that the MLSE wants to put together a top-level world-class sports organization. I'm sorry. The XFL is nothing is not anywhere near a top-level sports organization. They played two seasons, and they folded after both of them. In fact, the second season, they didn't even make uh, a full season. Now, they'll try and blame COVID, but I don't, they weren't doing all that hot to begin with at that point. Now they're going to go, and they're going to – this is not – if the Toronto fans are not supporting the CFL, is it going to be that big of a, a change of attitude towards the XFL? Uh, a league that folded twice. To me, uh, the credibility of the CFL is far above the, that of the XFL. I mean, for a lot of people in Toronto, I think it's uh, NFL or bust. So you're going to leave a league that has like a, over a hundred years of tradition to go to a league that's twice folded. No guarantee they're even going to. Going to uh, make it this year, and uh, I just don't. I don't. I'm sorry. I just. I'll believe it when I see it. I really will. I don't buy it. Redbird, Redbird Capital doesn't do anything that fails. Okay, I just want to throw that out there. Okay. First time for everything. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. But you got to admit and agree. The XFL was extremely poorly managed and ex- was was a play toy for a billionaire. It's not that anymore. Sure it was. Okay, right? Now, there's also mm-hmm. speculation that I have heard recently that the XFL is about to go through a name change because of the stigmatism that it has with the two previous sales. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I know that changing a name doesn't make a difference. Uh, it did with the Red Blacks, actually, but that's beside the point. Uh, Redbird Capital doesn't do anything that fails. The XFL now becomes something else. And uh, I don't know. I just don't think it's going to be a top-tier league playing for only 10 games a year. No. Make, make yourself real. Make yourself a real league and and play head to head against the CFL go June to September to November okay I would do that if I had the XFL I would go head to head with the CFL the CFL is the second largest football league in the world why did the XFL fail before why did the USFL fail before because you compete against the NFL no compete against the NFL you can't do that compete against the CFL you can do that Canadian dollar sucks. The market's that much smaller. You can easily compete against the CFL and win, and yet nobody does. They all compete against the NFL and they lose. Fortunately for the CFL, uh-huh. that's what's happened. But it, 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 yeah, I don't know. 
William, your thoughts on the XFL, on the Toronto Argonauts leaving? And if, if they leave, do we welcome them back when the XFL fails? No. Uh, you know what? If, okay, so if the XFL, or if, it, if the Toronto Argonauts want to go to the XFL, a football league that went bankrupt twice, and they want to play football out of Toronto in the States, um, I don't know what genius thought of that idea, but go ahead. Okay? And if you want to come back, no great, cares. but let's come back. Sure, I don't care. Come back. Okay, I only got a minute. I got a minute left. Anybody else want to say anything real quick? This is Dan and media driven. To quote Will, who cares? And Charles, that's your opinion too? Anything interesting? Pretty much. Like I said, I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. Uh, This has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 487. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. I, I... I had fun tonight. We talked football. My throat's kind of sore because I talk mm-hmm. too much, I think, maybe. I don't know. Red on a longer than half an hour. But it's been good. Maybe that might be just the smoke here. You guys all take care. Say good night. 30 seconds left, Charles. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Mark. Good night, everybody. Good to be back on. Talk to you next week. Yeah, turn off your TV next week, okay? I. William, go ahead. Say good night. Good night, everybody. It was nice to talk about football, real football, that's happening now. I can't wait for the season to start. Take care, everybody. Let's go out. Let's go out.